Hello and welcome back to A Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast, which today won't be a commentary podcast, but a celebration of one of the, I'm going to say, greatest um, contributors and supporters of Hamster over the last couple of years. You know, we've tipped 100,000 listens now which is incredible, and right back there at the start was the wonderful, wonderful Joe Short, who came on and did a fabulous commentary on Sleep No More, which I had some terrific feedback about. Um, You know, (laughs) she's not afraid of a challenge. She took hold of one of the least celebrated episodes of Doctor Who and just went to town on telling me why it was great, which hot guys were in it and um, why everybody that doesn't like Peter Capaldi can just fuck off. (laughs) She's at the Brain of Spock on Twitter, so please go and check her out. And she has compiled a top 10 list of her favourite stories. And so we're going to spread the love for Joe's favourite stories now. Um, And I'm doing this because Joe isn't having a great day today. And she reached out and said that on Twitter. And one of the joys of being able to do this is that you can talk directly to the people that are listening and hopefully, hopefully, make a little bit of a difference to their day. So, Joe, let's see what your top 10 Doctor Who stories are. And she did say she made this up on the fly and they're in no particular order. There's a lot of love for Pertwee here, so I expect some terrible impressions. Here we go. We have got, oh my God, the demons. (laughs) Joe, since the Brigadier is your senior officer, you could show him a little bit of respect. The demons is wonderful, isn't it? Um, I think episode one, you know, might be one of the best ever. Certainly one of the most atmospheric episode ones. The signs are there for all to see. I cast the runes only this morning. (laughs) This is only the beginning. Um... It's got some terrific location work. I think it might be Chris Barry's best direction in the show as well. I mean, it's got Roger Delgado as a vicar. Yo, eh, oh, eh. Oh, the devil's mouth. Mouth of me. Yeah, anyway, you get it. I mean, it's pure Barry Letts, isn't it? Um, but I don't think we can forget Christopher Barry's contributions as well. And... What a wonderful turn for all the unit regulars as well. And I was just bitching about um, Benton and Yates the other day. But actually seeing them in civvies in this and sort of men of action, they're pretty good in this. They are pretty damn good in this. I especially like um, Benton and Miss Hawthorne. I know Lucy McCall's a big fan too. Um, Especially when Miss... Oh my God, I haven't even mentioned Miss Hawthorne. When she goes, um, what's it? I hit him with my reticule. On these occasions, the outcomes are certainty. The demons is fantastic. On to da, 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 the sea devils. Now, how about a little bit of rough cut and marmalade? I always think about Walker, you know, when I think about the sea devils. Oh, he's vile, isn't he? Especially vile to Jane Blythe, who's a very nice uh, female character. And there are two female characters in this story. Yay, the 70s. Um, is this an inferior version of Doctor Who and the Silurians? I mean, Silurians ain't on Joe's list, so I'm guessing she thinks this is the better. 
I mean, it's full on Roger Delgado watching the clangers and um, <laughs> running rings around just about everybody. Um, doesn't he look hot in that Admiral's costume? Oh my God, he looks amazing. Um, I think it's probably the most robust production of the 70s because they had all of that um, help from the Navy. You've got not only all the hardware you need to sell this, but you've also got all that stock footage as well, which you can tell is stock footage, but still makes this feel like, in classic Doctor Who terms, cinematic. High action cow, great cliffhangers, um, fun monsters. Yeah, it's a really, really fantastic story. Quintessential John Pertwee, I would say. Oh my God, her next choice. Boom, boom. Da -da. Boom, boom. Da oh, oh. <laughs> That's the side man going down the sewers. It's the eight episodes of spy fi goodness, The Invasion. Featuring, oh man, she likes a good villain, doesn't she? Because you've got Tobias Vaughan in this one. Parker. Um, and their relationship, my God, it sustains the eight episodes on its own, let alone having the cute-as-a-button team of the Doctor, Jamie and Zoe in there too. Oh God, it's fabulous, isn't it? And Douglas Canfield's direction is a cut above anything that is going on there at the moment. He can even make a chase in a lift shaft seem dynamic but i think um the episode where that ends i think it's six that ends with the hypno beam you know coming out and the cyberman coming down the stairs and that episode starts with the cyberman sort of going rogue down the sewers that psychotic cyberman that might be you know when you choose out sort of single episodes of doctor who that are incredible that is one of them that's like a top 10 of all-time Doctor Who single episodes. Um, next up, we have The Invasion of the Dinosaurs, a story that Cy Hart and I re-evaluated recently. Well, actually about two years ago. And I think it's one of the best Pertwee's by far. And um, Yes, including the model dinosaurs. I absolutely love their little diorama sets that they put them in. They are so cute. But, you, you know, you've got a, a story full of suspense and mystery and intrigue, which is extremely well directed by Paddy Russell and impeccably cast. Um, anyone who says Pertwee, late Pertwee, isn't great. His performance in this is brilliant as well. He gets to do comedy and drama, you know, the moral message at the end. But best of all, you've got Elizabeth Sladen, who is driving this plot. And, you know, she can make sequences like that Tyrannosaurus Rex coming alive in the uh, warehouse seem like the most suspenseful moment in Doctor Who. That's how good her acting is. She can make those models look as if they're really impressive. Um, Invasion of Dark, I think it's pretty peerless. I mean, you've even got uh, Rene, what are you doing with your arms around that servant girl? Edith, in that episode. Um, next up... The Time Monster. Oh, Joe, I love you. Um, I mean, there's a couple of great points to say about the Time Monster. And I'm not just talking about Ingrid Pitt's cleavage. Um, I mean, it's on everything but the kitchen sink story. There's a hell of a lot thrown at it. You've got those sequences in the Institute with Tom Tit. You've got the sequences in the TARDIS which is TARDISes within TARDISes long before Logopolis did it. And you have got the, <laughs> the Shakespearean, in inverted commas, 
Atlantis scenes at the end of the story, which are unforgettable for many reasons. I think you're very bold to put that in your top 10, and I love you for it. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect, so it's effortlessly watchable. Um, and, you know, it's full of fabulous Paul Bernard crash zooms into everything. Um, okay, onto something that not a lot of people would disagree with. Terror of the Zygons, with the evil and sinister Sister Lamont, who gave me terrible nightmares as a child. Don't worry, Dr. Sullivan. You're going to be very well taken care of. <laughs> you know the bit where he goes, no, no, no. Or even worse, the bit where he chases Sarah Jane down the street into the barn. We're in fucking psycho territory. He's going out there. She's uh, attacking her with a pitchfork. And I was watching this at about eight years old. My mother was very irresponsible. Oh, man. How, how many good things can you say about Terror of the Zygons? There are so many good things. You can have the Sussex, which looks absolutely atmospheric and gorgeous and does double brilliantly for Scotland. Um, the gorgeous atmospheric score by Geoffrey Berg, Bergen, Bergen, something like that. Um, you've got the, the, I mean, these are all brilliantly directed stories. Oh, Time Monster. We'll let it pass. These are all brilliant, but this is Douglas Canfield at his absolute But He's been away for a while, and he's just on form. I don't even mind the stop-motion Scarisan, you know. I mean, it's a bit funny when he pops his head up the Thames at the end of the story. But, you know, that's just to remind us that we are still watching Doctor Who. Oh, and Liz Sladen's brilliant in this as well, isn't she? You know, the bit where she pokes her tongue out or blows the dust off the shelves. Or say, Harry! Is it you? Is it really you? That's very, very funny. Um, oh, she's gone from Zygons to Zygons. Here's an interesting choice. It's the Zygon Inversion and the Zygon Invasion from... I could have got that wrong. Is it the Zygon Invasion and then the Zygon Inversion? Look, it's two Zygon episodes back to back. Very dark. Quite political. A little too adult, I'd say, in places. But, uh, again, really strikingly well-directed. Um, you've got a fabulously sinister performance from Jenna Coleman, who effectively is written out of the story um, and gets to play the villain, Bonnie. Um, I think mostly she probably loves this because Capaldi is so excellent in it and has one of his standout moments from his era, which is him at the end, giving that incredible speech about sitting down and talk, <laughs> um, which is something we can all learn a lot from. Um, yeah, I, the, these are probably my favourites from Series 9, which is a season I don't like. I don't know if it pulls everything off, and I do think it says some dodgy things politically, but there's so much to talk about in that two-parter. Um there's a lot of potential in there, and it's doing interesting things. So I'd always salute Doctor Who doing that. Joe, you're going to have to tell me why you love that one so much. I'm really intrigued. Um, okay, two more we've got here. Terror of the Autons. <laughs> oh, amazing. The master, he's an unimaginative plodder. <laughs> You've ruined it, you ham-fisted bum-vendor. Pertwee is so spectacularly rude in this. He's hilarious. I know people don't like him in season eight, but I think he's fucking hilarious in Terror of the Autons. Um, 
Rob Sherman is right. It is like Barry Letts has eaten a massive, <laughs> a massive packet of Skittles, and uh, gone to town with the the colour aspect of Doctor Who. I mean, this is big, bold sort of comic book Doctor Who. You could do like comic panels from the various madness that occurs during Terry the Autumn's. But it's also Robert Holmes that is naughtiest as well. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking scare the life out of these kids. We're going to have evil blank-faced policemen, psychotic killer dolls, you know, telephone cords that come to life and strangle people, um, plastic daffodils that spray um, cellophane over people's mouths. I mean, that's very adult. The bit where she's got the cellophane over her mouth, that is properly, properly scary. The bit that scares me the most, though, is that Auton that gets knocked down that hill and then gets up again straight away and comes back after him. Really scary stuff. It might be Barry Letts' best direction, you know, because he... It's, what's his, his second story, isn't it? Technically, Inferno he did as well. But I think he's really looking to impress with that one so he's going to town with cso you know this fabulous new invention that allows doctor who to go anywhere and everywhere um he's packs it full of action it's just got some really striking colorful imagery in it <clears throat> and and scenes in it that people just never forgot and I'll, we're still talking about them now so yeah that's a great pick i haven't done that for hamster yet i should do that one and finally, the story that I'm doing right this second, and I understand that's Mind of the Evil. Do, 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 do. Oh no, sorry, it's Dana. Dana. As Craig Williams and I are discovering at the moment, it is just packed full of goodness. Um, Nicholas Courtney at his twinkly best. John Pertwee with two enormous problems to solve. Joe Grant, massively competent, <laughs> taking on a bunch of prisoners that are rioting, you know, fire, uh, pointing guns about. Um, Tim Coombe's incredible direction of the action sequences, which is as probably as polished as action ever got in Doctor Who. And, um, yeah, just... just uh, uh, I, does it sustain six episodes? I think it does, but only because it has got those two tenuously linked pretty Chinese girl indeed plot lines. But uh, yeah, God, this is fabulous. It's um, a bit of a callback to the previous season and nothing at all like Terror of the Autumns. Um, but just for Pertwee's spectacular, spectacular rudeness. Oh, I love it. I know people hate that stuff, but um, there's something about his, his earnestness and how he doesn't realise just how awful he's being. If I was a scientist, <laughs> what does he say in that, in that meeting? Um, people that talk about infallibility, Gerald, are usually on very shaky ground. <laughs> he's wonderful. And Joe Shaw, you are wonderful as well. And I hope this is sort of 15 to 20 minutes that has made you smile today, that we've been able to celebrate Doctor Who that you love. Um, and I hope everyone else has enjoyed listening to it too. If anybody else wants to send me their top 10 favourite stories, I'd love to do more mini episodes like this, celebrating the stuff that you love. So please send them in. Uh, but for now, Joe Short, you are fabulous. And thank you for being a supporter of this podcast.